0: covering sports in the midwest it's the midwest sports network mwsn.net i'm not in the best frame of mind to record this episode but the podcast must go on i'm angry about something and i finally reached my boiling point and i need to talk about it with anyone that will listen so you know this podcast covers since day ohio sports and it's done that since July 2017. I am upset about local sports radio in Dayton. It's not about Cincinnati, because every time I listen to sports radio in Cincinnati, it's about something in Cincinnati. Whether I'm going to a football game and I listen to the local hosts talk about you know, Cincinnati sports... Or where I'm driving home from the game listening to the Tri-State football uh, scoreboard show. They do a fantastic job. It's nice to hear something about Cincinnati. In Dayton, we don't have that. So, this kind of got underway some last week ago, I believe. Where the Outdoor Connection, which if you didn't know, was a show on 980 talking about hunting and fishing and wildlife and everything like that. That's no longer on radio, apparently. It's moved over to Dayton Daily News in written form. So, outside Dayton Dragons Baseball, there's nothing local on 980. And, uh, for a sports station, that's, uh, I don't like that one bit. How can you say you're Dayton Sports Station when you don't even talk about anything Dayton? It's just national sports talk, hosts. Just, you know... Continuing to talk about most time, nothing remotely about sports. And, you know, the times that they do, then they're talking about, you know, the NBA and NFL when it's in season, which it's fine. I get that. I'm not bashing national sports radio. What I'm bashing about here is why isn't there anything local in our local sports market? You know? And the one show on that sports talk show with a local guest, it's, uh, it doesn't really talk about Dayton that much. In fact, I've been disappointed with the fact that I've heard virtually nothing about high school football. And most of the time, I you know change the station within about a minute just because, you know, it's often about Ohio State or the Cleveland Browns or bashing the Cincinnati Bengals, and, you know, that's just, no, I I get it. Those are your teams, but, you know, how about you talk about local sports once in a while? So I look on my hosting page, and I look and see that, uh, well, yes, my average listeners are up, uh, past week or so, I've had about uh, maybe two listeners. Yeah, I uh, that made me angry. It's just look, I, I'll be honest. I I've been I've been feeling overwhelmed, angry, anxious, and pretty much all colors of the non happy rainbow. For quite some time. The coronavirus quarantine certainly doesn't help matters. But. I'm. Where is local sports radio gone? And you know what. Listeners. We need to get it back. And I think I'm the right man for the job. So. If you have any connections on. You know. 980. WNE or 1410 wing. You know email people and let them know that, you know, we need local sports back. And I know what you're going to say as a counter rebuttal, but uh, you know, we have a great high school sports scene in Dayton, Ohio. And yes, there's, you know, no Dayton Flyers or Wright State Raiders or any colleges going on around the area, with the exception of uh, Indiana University East, their women's soccer team got their season underway, and volleyball started about last week. But, yeah, I mean, with high school football, with the whole picture of, hey, everyone that didn't opt out of the playoffs are in the playoffs, and for a lot of teams, that's their first trip to the playoffs. Like in Cincinnati, Cincinnati, Uh, Hughes, Hughes and the Big Red, that's their first trip to the playoffs. I know from my hometown, Twin Valley South, it'll be their second time in the playoffs, and we'll talk a little bit more about that when we reach high school football scores, because yes, we will have a normal episode, I promise. I'm just, uh, I just need to get this off my chest. I, I've been doing this podcast for over three years now. And this is the fourth year that I've been doing said podcast. And, you know, it's time to embrace that there is local sports going on somewhere. And I I wish that people would, you know, give this podcast a shot and subscribe and everything. So, you know, reach out to your local sports stations and let them know that local needs to be back on the map. And... You know, listen to this podcast. If, if I don't get into local stations, that's fine. I've have, I haven't gotten into local stations for over 10 years now since graduating, but uh, we won't talk about that. What I'm saying is for a great sports market like Dayton, we need to have a local sports show that talks about Dayton. So that's what's been bugging me, and if you could let people know that, you know, this podcast exists. That would be fantastic cuz, you know, I appreciate the listeners and people that tune in. So, you know, either contact your sports stations in town, let them know that local sports needs to be back on the menu or let people know that this podcast exists. Thank you. And I think that'll do it for getting that off my chest and we will go ahead and go on to local football scores in Dayton, Cincinnati, Columbus, East Central and Southeastern Indiana and Northern Kentucky. And no, this voice isn't, uh, it's not for, you know, the angry, you know, ness of the previous rant, but it's just, you know, I don't, feel well either so there's that but um, thank you for listening to my rant I don't like using this podcast as a puff piece like well today I had a piece of toast and you know that type of stuff I don't like that in podcasts and to me who cares so that's why I stick with local sports so it's been a very exciting week as we enter week six Week 5 has a lot of uh, great results, but we do have playoff brackets to talk about, and we will talk about that in a little bit. But first, we'll start with Week 5 scores in Southwest Ohio, and we'll begin with the Cross County Conference and Twin Valley South Falls to Fort Loramie homecoming week, and West Alex, 64-0 Redskins. And for the Ever Panthers up the road on 503, the Tri-County North Panthers fall to Covington 26 nothing. Tri-Village shuts out Mississimewa Valley 58 nothing. With Fort Loramie and Tri-Village's wins, they will be playing for the CCC title. Both teams are 5-0. and You know, talking about Tri-Village, not to take anything away from Fort Loramie, but considering that it started only a couple years ago, Tri-Village's football squad, it's amazing how the Patriots have really... You know, turn around. And, well, I, I shouldn't even say turn around. That's not the right phrase. Just how quickly success has built up in New Madison. So, definitely, that'll be a fun matchup to see. Fort Lauramie and Tri-Village in Week 6 for the CCC regular season title. Arcanum defeats Bradford 62-12. to And Sonia National Trail was postponed. Because National Trail had a big heaping... Spoonful of COVID-19. In fact, it shut down National Trail. And Bethel defeats Miami East 28-19. We move on to the Southwest Buckeye League as Eaton shuts out Franklin 7-0. Middletown, and shuts out Northridge 13-0. Valley View defeats Milton Union 57-14 to snap a two-game losing streak. Preble Shawnee defeats Dixie 42-14. Both of those schools will be making the way to the Western Ohio Athletic Conference next year. Bellbrook defeats Brookville 42-21. Oakwood takes one away from Monroe 23-21. And Waynesville 28, Carlisle 6. Onwards to the Miami Valley League. Back from the COVID suspension, West Carrollton and Fairborn did play. However, the Pirates fell to Sydney 32-20, and the Skyhawks fell to Stebbins 29-21. Piqua, they're now 5-0. The Indians defeat Tippecanoe 28-3. Troy hands Greenville their fifth loss in the year by a 42-6 margin, and Xenia 17, Vandalia Butler 12. To the Greater Western Ohio Conference, a shootout in Ohio's Star City at Miamisburg Falls and OT to Northmont. 40-34, 40 to 34, and if you don't know that storyline, it's Lance Schneider getting his first look at the. Oh, I shouldn't say that. He's been there for a couple of years now, second or third year at least at Miamisburg, but he's looking at his former school in Northmont. Thunderbolts win in an OT. Wayne defeats Fairmont 31 24. Springfield shuts out Springboro 41 nothing, and Centerville rolls over Beaver Creek 49 to 10. Up to the Central Buckeye Conference, we have North Union taking down Urbana, 50-7. Jonathan Alder defeating Springfield Shawnee, 38-31. Tecumseh, 28. Kenton Ridge, 10. Graham, 5-0 on the year. And they survive an OT against Indian Lake, 28-27. Great year for Graham. Benjamin Logan takes down Northwestern, 47-14. And London, 50. Bell Fountain, 14. To the Ohio Heritage Conference, West Liberty Salem staves off Northeastern in two overtimes, 41-40. West Jefferson Downs Triad, 26-14. Greenview, 41. and Plains, 14. Greenan, 42. Southeastern, 0. The Knights are having a great year in Greenan. Mechanicsburg, 62. Fairbanks, 14. And Cedarville, 36. Springfield Catholic Central, 14. We move on towards the Lima area and the Northwest Central Conference. We had a game postponed thanks to the coronavirus. Lyman Catholic versus Waynesville Goshen. They did not play. And I believe the COVID issue was on Waynesville Goshen. Not entirely sure, though. But we do have Lima Perry winning their fifth game by defeating Harden Norvin. 66-13. Riverside rolls over Upper Scioto Valley. 46-0. Rarian Elgin defeats Ridgedale, 52-21. And Ridgemont edges out Crestline, 36-35. To the Western Buckeye League, St. Mary's a field goal better over Lima Shawnee, 10-7. Ottawa Glandorf knocks off Van Wert 35-34. I believe that's the first loss for Van Wert on the season. Salina, 28. Lima Bath, 21. Wapakoneta, 21. Kenton, 20. And Elida sixteen Defiant six. And to the Midwest Athletic Conference we go as Coldwater rolls over Delpho St. John's fifty-seven to thirteen. Two shout out victories in a row. Marion Local defeats Minster 28-0, and incidentally, Marion Local won last week twenty-eight to nothing. Saint Henry 29 Parkway zero. Versailles forty nine Fort Recovery twenty-eight, and New Bremen thirty eight and a seven. Heading back down to the Dayton area for Dayton City League action. Belmont defeats Ponox Tech 56 12. Trotman Mass rolls over Thurgood Marshall 38 8. In the Thursday night affair, Dunbar goes to 2 0 on the year by shutting out Meadowdale 60 0. We move on to Cincinnati Metro Athletic Conference. I mentioned Hughes. They will make the playoffs for the first time ever in school history. They took down Woodward on a Saturday afternoon forty two to nothing. Schroeder shuts out Gamble Montessori, twenty eight nothing. Taft defeats Western Hills thirty six nothing. Withrow fifty nine, Aiken zero, and Clark Montessori, fifty Riverview East Academy eight. And now between Cincinnati and Dayton it's the Greater Catholic League as Alter Hans McNicholas their first loss in the year, Knights twenty eight, Rockets seven hamilton Baton goes to 5-0 on the year by defeating Carroll, 34-0. Chaminade-Julian defeats Fenwick, 41-19. And St. Xavier, 43, Molder 14. We have the elder score later as they took on Indianapolis Cathedral, but now to the Cincinnati Hills League. Wyoming, 63, Finneytown, 7. Shelby Dermer shared, I believe he wrote it, but he shared on social media an article about how Wyoming has done so well in the regular season the past few years, and it's it's always amazing to me to see the amount of success for any school to have. So definitely the Cowboys, they've been keeping it up, and they will battle Taylor tonight. Madeira 44, Deer Park 0, Indian Hill 60, Taylor 6, and Marymount 25, running 20. To the Greater Miami Conference we go, I had the call of Princeton hosting Middletown, And what started off as an absolute dogfight on the turf. Princeton wins it 56-24. Lakota West had their game at Oak Hills postponed thanks to COVID-19. It is on Oak Hills side, meaning the Highlanders won't get a game until the first week of the playoffs. And spoilers, they're at Princeton next week to start postseason play. Colerain 21, Sycamore 7, Lakota East They win two in a row by knocking off Fairfield 23-20 and Hamilton 12, Mason 7. For the Big Blue, that's their first win over Mason in 10 years. And also gives the Comets their first conference loss. So for the GMC crown, if Mason can knock off Lakota West at Lakota West, then if Princeton takes care of business at Fairfield tonight, that's the first GMC crown. For Princeton since 2003, and then Mason Lakota West would get parts of it as well. So very interesting to see, you know, the GMC race heading to week six. I can't believe it's already the end of the regular season, but definitely enjoying the ride. Now to the Eastern Cincinnati Conference, Loveland's game will be talked about later, but Turpin defeats Lebanon 40 to 29. The Spartans are undefeated in ECC play and they'll take on Winton Woods tonight as the Warriors are also 5-0 by knocking down Anderson 48 to 13. Now Winton Woods is 4-0 in league play. Their first game against Kings was wiped down week 1. They took on Edgewood in a non-conference tilt. But definitely looking forward to seeing the Warriors and Spartans play. Also, Milford down 20-7 to at the half at Little Miami. They roar back and score a 55 on the scoreboard to knock off Little Miami 55-26. To the Southern Buckeye Athletic and Academic Conference, as Bethel Tate defeats Williamsburg 35-7. Clinton Massey defeats New Richmond 49-41. In a game where the Falcons played earlier that week on a Monday against Batavia, they Take down the previously undefeated Lions by 8. Western Brown, 40. Wilmington, 34. East Clinton, 34. Claremont, Northeastern, 20. Blanchester, 50. Fayetteville, 14. And a Saturday afternoon contest. Goshen, 44. Batavia, 0. To the Southwest Ohio Conference... We have a winner for the SWAC title, and it's Ross with their first-ever conference title by rolling over Edgewood, 63-35. Mount Healthy shuts out Talawanda, 34-0. After starting the season 2-0, the Brave have now lost their last three, and Northwest 24, Harrison 12. To the Miami Valley Conference we go as Roger Bacon stays perfect. They roll over Cincinnati College Prep, 62-24. Summit Country Day takes care of Parcell Marion 2712. Cincinnati Hills Christian Academy wins big over Norwood 56-19. New Miami 35. Cincinnati Country Day 10. St. Bernard 37. Miami Valley Christian 0. And North College Hill edges out Lachlan 28-25. We'll move up to Central Ohio. And the Columbus area this week I had to go through what was it three sources to find scores as my normal source for Columbus area scores am 820 their scoreboard only had a few games for Friday which i um, not entirely sure why that was but sometimes you gotta roll with the punches We'll start off with Granville winning big over Johnstown Monroe, 42 10. It's Fisher Catholic, 37, Bishop Rosecrans, 0. Whetstone, 12. Mifflin, 6. Hamilton Township has rolled off five in a row by defeating Newark, 35 13. Beechcroft, 34, East, 24. Logan Elm, 48, Logan, 21. Caldwell, 18. Burn Union, 13. Westerville, North, 20. Big Walnut, 17. Bishop Hartley, 42. Bishop Waterson 32. Marysville shuts out Olentangy Berlin, 28-0. Columbus Academy wins over Liberty Union, 41-15. Ronaldsburg, 34. Central Crossing, 10. Saturday Affairs for the following contest. Northland defeats Centennial, 26. Lyndon McKinley, 14. Kip Columbus, 8. try to remember off the top of my head what Kip was. Uh, South 64, West 0, and Marion Franklin 34, Independence 22. Back to Friday Night Affair, St. Francis of Sales rolls over St. Charles 48, 7. Pickerington Central 35, Lancaster 0, Licking Valley 57, Lakewood 12, Licking Heights 24, Newark Catholic 14, Zanesville 27, Heath 0, Watkins Memorial 49, Utica 13, Westerville South 42, Canal Winchester 17, Worthington-Kilbourne 46, Franklin Heights 26, Hilliard-Darby 35, Thomas Worthington 14, Olentangy-Liberty 45, Hilliard-Davidson 7, Dublin-Kaufman 24, Upper Arlington 14, Olentangy-Orange 37, Hilliard-Bradley 34, Pickerington-North 56, New Albany 21, Gahanna-Lincoln 41, Grove City 0, Westerville Central 56, Westland 7, Dublin Jerome 27, Olin Tangy 16, Groveport at Newark was canceled thanks to COVID. Worthington Christian 31, Fairfield Christian 0, Harvest Prep 46, Bexley 20, Buckeye Valley, they snap a 35-game losing streak to Grandview Heights 50-7, Bloom Carroll 36, Fairfield Union 7, Sarkerville was supposed to be a Taze Valley, but that got canceled. And Taze Valley ended up hosting Kings More on that score in a little bit. Also, Amanda Clear Creek was supposed to be a Hamilton Township, but that got canceled as well. East Knox, 56. Mount Gilead 7. Centerburg 35. Cardington, 6. Danville, 29. Highland, 6. Northmore, 34. Fredericktown, 13. Mount Vernon, 30. Madison Comprehensive, 26. River Valley 41, Marion Harding 7, Grove City Christian 13, Miller 6, Shenandoah 44, Northridge 19, and Clear Fork 35, Marion Pleasant 14. Now to the non-conference tilts as Troy Christian defeats Dayton Christian 28-7. Elder rolls over Walnut Hills 35-7. I think I mentioned Elder was supposed to take on Indianapolis Cathedral. I'm sorry, that's this week, or tonight rather. LaSalle took on Indianapolis Cathedral, and the Lancers fell short 37-28. Kings 41, Taze Valley 10, and Loveland snaps a long losing streak to Holmes and Kentucky 48-14. I believe they were supposed to take on West Claremont, but they are out until next week, I believe. Now we move on to the Hoosier State. With Richmond picking up their first win of the year over Logansport 30 24 on homecoming night for the Red Devils. Onwards to the Tri Eastern Conference as Centerville rolls over Northeastern 63 14, Knightstown 28, Lincoln 20. Be nice if my computer cooperate with me today. Union City 9 and Union County 7. Try twenty-six Winchester zero, and Shenandoah thirty-four Hagerstown fourteen. To the Eastern Indiana Athletic Conference, a Saturday afternoon win for East Central, knock knockoff South Dearborn thirty to nothing. Lawrenceburg forty-eight Batesville thirteen, Jennings County twenty-one Connorsville eighteen, Bluffton thirty-three Greensburg thirty, North Decatur forty-eight Rushville zero, and Franklin County still out with the COVID. To the Mid-Indiana Football Conference as Park Tudor, that school in Indianapolis, if you follow Wright State Hoops, you know. Now, I forget his name. Ed Schilling. That's where I coached for a little bit before getting back in the collegiate side of things. Park Tudor knocks off Oldenburg Academy, 40-6. Milan shuts out Edenburg 62-0. South Decatur, 12. Springs Valley, six. Second matchup of the season between these two schools. And Switzerland County defeats Rock Creek for the second time, 27-6. Also, I mentioned North Decatur shutting out Rushville, 48-0. And that takes us to Northern Kentucky. A lot of counties in this week's readings for Week 2, no, Week 3 scores, I'm sorry. But we start off with Connor shutting out Boone County, to 0 Dayton, Kentucky, shutting out Bracken County, make it, winning over Bracken County, 30-8. Newport Cla- Catholic Central defeats Newport, 17-14. Nicholas County defeats Ludlow, 38-16. Rowan County defeats Scott, 53-30. to 30. Mason County, 47. Pendleton County, 14. Rossert, 35. Holy Cross, 7. Johnson Central, 47. Simon Kenton, 17. Walton Verona rolls over Gallatin County, 34-8. Covington Catholic continues to roll. They shut out Cooper, 47-0. It's Beachwood, 35, Ryle, 14. Dixie Heights picks up their first win of the year by taking down Mass and Central, 26-14. Lloyd, 54, Bellevue, 0. Boyle County, 46, Highland, 7, and Oldham County. That's a name from the past. I'm talking about when I broadcast the Kentucky High School Hockey Tournament. Oldham County takes down Campbell County, 17-14. A college score for you as Cincinnati takes down Army West Point, 24-10. And NFL scores, we'll talk a little bit more on the Bengals tie with the Eagles, 23-23. Second time in this millennium that the two teams have tied. You have to go back to 2008 when the Bengals tied with the Eagles, 13-13. Browns took down the Washington football club 34 to 20 Colts defeat the New York Jets 36, seven and the Steelers 28, the Texans 21 to wrap up this episode's football scores. And we'll step aside and take a drink of water. And we'll talk about the high school football playoffs starting next week in Ohio. And plus the reds in the playoffs and that Bengals tie. This is your source of local Cincinnati and Dayton sports, the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast. We'll be back in just a moment. Hey, listeners, thank you for being supporters of the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast. Now, what if you wanted to show your support with merchandise? Well, that's possible thanks to Red Bubble. Do you like stickers? Sure, you do. What about phone cases, travel mugs, pins, drawstring bags, and even wall clocks? You need to check out redbubble.com. I myself have purchased stickers and a phone case from Redbubble, and they are great quality. What better way to show your support for this podcast by rocking a sticker on your laptop or rocking a brand new case with the podcast logo? There's a lot more to choose from at the Redbubble shop. Such as greening cards, mask for the coronavirus pandemic, zipper pouches backpacks water bottles and even phone and ipad cases you can search for the Cincinnati Dayton sports podcast on redbubble.com or find the direct shop link at cindypod.com redbubble Hey listeners, thank you for being supporters of the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast. Now, what if you wanted to show your support with merchandise? Well, that's possible thanks to T-Public. You have a wonderful selection to choose from, like t-shirts, sweatshirts and hoodies, baseball shirts, masks for the coronavirus pandemic, and even household goods. Not only does T-Public sell clothes with the podcast logos on them, but they also sell stickers phone cases, pins, magnets, notebooks, and more. Plus, TeePublic also holds sales constantly with $13 t-shirts and all of our items up to 35% off. What are you waiting for? Visit cindepod.com to find the direct link or search for the Cincinnati Dayton Sports Podcast at teepublic.com. A portion of each sale helps out the podcaster and you spread the word of this podcast. Public. Well, that was a nice drink of water. And now it's time to talk about the 2020 Ohio high school football playoffs. And of course, we'll read through all the local schools and where they're going to be playing. And we'll start off with division one. And if you don't know about Ohio high school sports, division one means you got the biggest schools. And I read somewhere, I think it was the Enquirer not entirely sure, that Division One has the least amount of schools, which I never would have guessed, but I guess that makes sense, just because if you think about Division One schools are in your big cities or suburbs, and, you know, most of Ohio is not big cities and suburbs. Granted, there's a lot of big cities, well, big cities, I mean, there's a lot of... No, I'm not taking that back, there's a lot of big cities there, so... I will mention that for Divisions 1, 2, 3, and 7, playoffs are Fridays at 7. For 4, 5, and 6 Divisions, it's going to be Saturdays at 7. So with that out of the way, let's take a look at, I think it's Region 2. might be Region 3. It's where the Dayton schools... No, it's Region 2. Well, I guess right the first time. Go me. For Division 2, it's Dayton schools mixed in with Columbus schools. Region 4 of Division 1 is all Cincinnati schools. So we'll start off with Region 2, Division 1. And Dublin kaufman has got the number 1 seed. They will host number 16, Beaver Creek, next week. Springboro, the 8th seed, will host Finley, the nine seed. Reminds me of that hockey broadcast I did early in 2020, when I thought everything was going to go well this year, and then the coronavirus hit. And, yeah. But, yeah, Springboro hosts Finley. Olin Tangy Liberty, the 4th seed, will host Miamisburg, the 13th seed. Perrysburg, the number 5 seed, will host Kettering-Fairmont. I sure to think that's Toledo area. I sure to think how long that trip is. The one time we made it to Toledo for Centerville Hockey, it took about three hours. So Northmont, the number 2 seed, will host number 15, Middletown. That should be a pretty fun contest. Marysville, the seventh seed, will host number 10, Dublin, Jerome. Number three, Springfield, gets Toledo, Whitmer in Clark County. And number six, Wayne, gets number 11, Centerville at Wayne. I'm trying to think, did Centerville win that or did Wayne come back and win that? It's only been a couple weeks. I could go back and listen to that podcast episode. But hey, another helping of probably the greatest rivalry in Dayton. What more can you expect out of that? So how it works in the brackets after you win your first round, whoever's the higher seed gets to host that next game. And then you get to state semis on Friday, November 6th. And again, all these games will be Fridays at 7 for Division one. Just curious, going to take a quick peek at Region 3, because normally I thought that's where the Dayton schools were. Matched them with the Columbus schools. And it looks like it's just Columbus schools, so never mind that. You know what? We do Columbus football scores. There's no reason why we can't do brackets for Columbus schools. So, Pickerington Central's got the number one overall seed, and they will host Grove City, the 16th seed. Gahanna Lincoln will host Hilliard Derby. Groveport Masson gets Hilliard Bradley at home. Reynoldsburg will host Lancaster. Pickerington North, the number two seed, gets Hilliard-Davidson. Westerville North will host New Albany. And Westerville Central gets Central Crossing. And all in Tangi Orange, the sixth seed, gets Upper Arlington. Man, that last one sounds like a good hockey battle. But hey, this is football season. Not quite hockey season yet. Now for Region 4. I already had it open. Why did I open it again? I don't know. Lakota West has the overall number one seed. And... Rightfully so. I mean, they've only given up 20 points the whole year. Yes, it's unfortunate they didn't find an opponent last week. But still, it's a very good Firebird squad. And they'll get West Claremont, who will be coming off a two-week COVID suspension. Lakota East has the number eight seed. They'll get Sycamore in town. Mason will host Lebanon. Colerain has Milford flying in and the bow of the Birds. Princeton, this is the game I will be broadcasting next week. They're the number two seed, and they will have number 15, Oak Hills, who's also going to be coming off the COVID suspension next week. And what's nice about this is, for Princeton, if they win throughout their next away game, won't be until the 30th, if Lakota West wins out. Now, if Lakota West is upset any time before that game, then... You know, Princeton should host it, but then again, that's few games away. But Princeton has Oak Hills, Elder will host Fairfield, St. X will get Walnut Hills closing in, and Hamilton will get to host Moeller. This is very special for Hamilton because according to the AD, it'll be the first time ever in school history that Hamilton is hosting a playoff game. And they'll get Moeller, and what's special about that line is if you remember my broadcast from week one against the Big Blue in Hamilton, Malik Verdon is a molar transfer. In fact, last year he helped the boys basketball team for the Big Blue. And this year he's been a key cog in that football team. Very tall and he can play wide receiver. He can run it. He can be the quarterback. He's And he's also on defense too. He can do it all. So it'll be very interesting to see how that storyline turns out. And that takes care of playoff for Division I. We are going to take a quick peek at Division Two, Region Six, to make sure there's no Dayton schools. And no, this is all Cleveland area. By the way, in case you are interested in watching, or watching, looking at the brackets yourself, find your local sports media guy or visit ohsaa.org. I got a lot of information from Mike Dyer of WCPO and also i believe i retweeted shelby dermer of uh, the inquirer a previous guest go back and listen to that episode that was a very good one so let's check out division 2 region 7 with my own eyes and these are columbus schools so we can stay here Massillon perry is your number 1 seed and they have a first round bye now for division 1 it was all nice and even because you had 16 teams you can match everyone and no one got a bye for the remaining divisions yeah you have odd number of schools in fact in division 2 region 8 I remember 25 schools so keep that in mind so Mount Vernon the 16th seed gets number 17 Canal Winchester winner that takes on number one Massillon Perry Dublin Scioto Scioto rather the number 8 seed gets Columbus Mifflin and Big Walnut will get to host Logan to the bottom Olentangy has a first round bye along with Green, the four and five seeds. Olentangy will get the winner of Licking Heights, the 13th seed against the 20th seed Whetstone. And the 12th seed Worthington Kilbourne Wolves gets Marion Harding in the battle of 12 and 21 to take on Green, the number five seed. Masselin Washington's got the number two seed. They also have a first-round bye. And they'll take on the winner of Walnut Ridge and Independence, your 15 18 battle there. Uniontown Lake versus St. Charles, 10 versus 23, will get number 7, North Canton Hoover, next, or er, two weeks from now. I keep thinking that uh, this week's the playoffs, but now it's week 6. Sorry, getting ahead of myself. Westerfield South also has a bye, it's the three seed. They'll take on the winner of Watkins Memorial or Northland. Wooster's got a sixth seed and a first round bye. They'll take on either number 11 Olin Tangi Berlin or number 22 Whitehall Yearling. Now we move on to Division 2 Region 8. This is your Cincinnati area and some Dayton area schools as well. Wittenwoods Woods has a first round bye, rightfully so, as the number one seed, and they'll take on either 17 Xenia or number 16 Tecumseh. Edgewood's got the 8th seed. They'll take on Columbus West. So this Division Two Region 8 kind of spans pretty far out. I mentioned Cincinnati Dayton. Now there's a Columbus team mixed in. Speaking of Columbus team, there's Franklin Heights, the 24th seed. They'll take on number 9 Troy in Troy. Kings Mills Kings has a bye as the 4th seed. They'll take on the winner of Oxford Talawanda or Dayton Belmont, 13 versus 20 at Talawanda. Turpin is the fifth seed, and they will take on either Fairborn or Withrow. And that's 12 versus 21. Fairborn has the 12. The LaSalle Lancers have a first-round bye as the number two seed, and they'll take on either Little Miami, the 15th seed, or Loveland, the 18th seed. Little Miami won this battle with Loveland earlier last week, so we'll see if the Tigers can get a little revenge on the Little Miami Panthers. Sydney, the 10th seed, gets number 23, West Carrollton, and the winner of that gets number 7, Stebbins. Stebbins has a bye as the 7th seed. Piqua's got a first round bye as the 3 seed. They'll take on either number 14, Harrison, or number 19, Lima Sr. And Taze Valley, the 11th seed, takes on Briggs, and the winner of that heads down the Cincinnati, take on the Anderson Redskins as the 6th seed. Time for Division 3. We'll check out Region 11. This is the region that Bellbrook was in last year, which is mostly Columbus, but some Dayton. And speaking of Dayton, here's Wilmington, the 16th seed. They'll get Marietta. Man, that sounds like an Ohio Athletic Conference battle, but I tell you, it's high school as the Hurricane will take on Marietta in Wilmington. And the winner of that gets number one, St. Francis de Sales, at St. Francis de Sales. A first round bye for both Granville and Eastmore Academy, eight and nine. They'll play in Granville after having the week off. And Jonathan Alder, the number four seed, they have a first round bye. They'll take on either Zanesville or Buckeye Valley. Your thirteen twenty battle there. The London Red Raiders also have a first round bye in Division Three Region Eleven, and the Red Raiders either get Chillicothe or Miami Trace, twelve versus twenty one. Bishop Hartley's got a first-round bye as the number two seed. And waiting for the Hawks will either be Western Brown or the Plains Athens. Which I always thought the high school was called the Plains, not Athens. But there you go. And yes, that's Joe Burrow's high school. And yes, if I haven't mentioned it on this podcast yet, Joe Burrow already has his name on that football field. That's pretty cool. Jackson's got a first-round bye as the seventh seed, and waiting for Jackson will be Tri Valley or Centennial. Thornville Sheridan, the number three seed, you might remember them last year for knocking off Belbrook after the Golden Eagles. They went ten and out last year, didn't they? That sounds right. Sheridan will either get Columbus South or Bell Fountain in the battle of fourteen and nineteen. Bishop Watson's got that last bye in Division 3, Region 11. And it'll either be 11th, Hamilton Township, or Number 22, Beechcroft. So that's Division 3, Region 12, uh, 11. This is Region 12 coming up. And Bellbrook has the overall number 1 seed, so they moved down a region. wonder where that is. Anyway, Bellbrook is the number 1 seed in... Division 3, Region 12, and waiting the Golden Eagles will either be the Eagles of Shauna Julien or the Knights of Northwest, and that'll be played at Roger Glass Stadium next week. St. Mary's Memorial's got the eighth seed. They'll take on Greenville at the 25th seed. Franklin and the Wildcats will host Vandalia Butler in the Battle of 9 versus 24. I should try to clarify in case I mumbled a little bit. It's Greenville, the 25th seed, against St. Mary's. I thought I said Greenville, but I am, you know. There we go. New Richmond, the number four seed. They have a first-round bye, and they'll either take on Hughes or Goshen. Like I mentioned, for Hughes, their first-ever trip to the playoffs. And this will be played at Hughes, possibly at Stargill Stadium, maybe at another field, part of the Cincinnati Public Schools family but Hughes will get a home playoff game. Hamilton Ross has the number five seed, the Southwest Ohio Conference regular season champs. They'll take on either Elida or Monroe. Elida's got the 12th seed. Monroe will be visiting Elida as the 21st seed. Hamilton Baden has the number two seed. Wonderful season for the Rams. And they'll either get number 15, Lima Shawnee, or number 18, Wapakoneta. A rough year for Wapakoneta. I forget what week that was where they had 11 starters out with the COVID. But yeah, Lima Shawnee will host Wapakoneta next week. Tippecanoe, the number seven seed, gets number 26 opponents. Mount Healthy, the number 10 seed, will host Bishop Fenwick, the 23rd seed. Drama Masson gets a first round bias, the three seed, and they'll take on either Salina or Carroll. Carol will be visiting Salina. And Dunbar, the 11th seed, will take on number 22, Aiken, the Battle of Cincinnati and Dayton, and the winner gets number 6, Kettering Archbishop Alter. That closes out Division 3. I want to say most local schools in Division 4 are in Region 16. That's always a fun division to talk about. Well, I'm looking at Region 15 to make sure I'm not making a fool of myself. There are a couple schools that we do cover. A lot of these aren't local. By local, I mean Columbus area, but why not? We'll talk about the one. St. Clairsville has the number one seed in Division IV Region 15, by the way. They get Riverview or Sparta Highland. Circleville, the Tigers having a tough year. They'll take on John Glenn at Marysville. It says Maysville High School. So is there a Maysville? Or is that just mistyped as Marysville? I'm not sure. You can always see the site and contact info. In Zanesville. So and Marysville is its own thing. So they'll play at the MAC. That's a cool stadium name. So Circleville gets John Glenn. And the winner of that gets the winner of Warren and Columbus East. I saw Logan Elm a little bit lower in this bracket. We'll skip around a little bit. Maysville. Okay, so Maysville is a school in Zanesville. I apologize. They'll take on Duncan Falls Philo. And They are part of the Ohio Football Helmet Contest a while back. And the winner of that gets Bysville, Meadowbrook, waiting for him. Logan Elm was further down. They have a first-round game at Logan Elm against Lakewood. About 15 and 18. whenever that takes on number two, Licking Valley. Fairfield Union has Heath at Heath. And Lyndon McKinley's the 23rd seed. They'll be at Cambridge, the 10th seed. And Bloom Carroll's got a first-round bye, as is Marion Franklin, 3-6. and Bloom Carroll will take on Indian Valley or Indian Creek. For Indian Valley, they're from Nod Hutton. Notton Hutton? I think that's how you say that. And Indian Creeks from Wintersville. What are those two cities in Ohio? I don't know. And Carrollton, the eleventh seed, will take on Bexley, and then that'll be who Marion Franklin takes on at Marion Franklin. Carrollton's pretty far out. It's you know, I mean technically yes, it's uh you know east of West Carrollton, but there you go. So now we talk about Division 4, Region 16, and Clinton Massey's got the number one seed overall. The Falcons will either take on number 16, Washington, out of Washington Courthouse, or number 17, Thurgood Marshall, out of Dayton. Waynesville's got a bias, the number eight seed. They'll take on either number nine, Bethel Tate, or number 24, Urbana. Waverly's got the fourth seed in the first round bye as they'll wait Norwood, the 13th seed, or Schroeder, the 20th seed. Unito, number 12, gets number 21, Hillsboro. And the winner of that game gets number 5, McNicholas in Cincinnati. Indian Hills got a bye as the number 2 seed. And they'll either get Oakwood, the 15th seed, or Batavia, the 18th seed. And Valley View's got a first-round bye. The Spartans are the number 7 seed, and they'll take on either... Milton Union, the 10th seed, or Greenfield-McLean, the 23rd seed? And yes, that would set up another matchup of Valley View and Milton Union, which Valley View won quite heavily just last week. And Wyoming, they have the 3 seed and a the first-round bye. And the Cowboys will either get Taylor for the second game in a row or Northwestern. Battle of 14 and 19, Taylor will get to host the Warriors. And Graham, as the 16th gets a first-round bye. they'll either get number 11, Eaton, or number 22, Northridge. And that takes care of Division 4, Region 16. I went to Valley View, and yeah, that's a pretty hectic region, and Valley View seemed to do quite well in that. Onwards to Division 5. Remember, we're getting into Saturday games for Division 4. That's Saturday games. Division 5 and 6 have Saturday games. Once we get to Division 7, we're back to Friday games. <laughs> Sorry for not mentioning that earlier, but here is Region 20. And Roger Bacon has a first-round buy as the top seed, and they'll either get Summit Country Day again as the 16th seed or Carlisle, the 17th seed. Greenan's got a buy as the 8th seed, and they'll take on either Taft or Meadowdale. Versailles has a buy. They'll take on Preble Shawnee or Claremont, Northeastern Cincinnati Hills Christian Academy the five seed gets either Madeira or Bethel in the battle of twelve and twenty one. Bethel's got to make the trip to Madeira. Blanchester, the number two seed, gets either Mass and Plains or East Clinton, the battle of fifteen and eighteen. Mass and Plains will host the Astros. Middletown Masson, the tenth seed, gets number twenty three Finneytown, and the winner of that moves on to take on number seven, Springfield Shawnee. Brookville's got the three seed and a first-round bye, and the Blue Devils await North College Hill or Purcell Merriam. West Liberty-Salem's got the last bye in this division, and the Tigers, the sixth seed, will take on either Marymont or Redding. It's weird to think that Brookville's in Division 5 and Valleyville's in Division 4. Just because Brookville, it's that one village, I mean, hey, they have their own McDonald's. Sorry, I don't know why I felt the need to quote uh, Richie Rich there, but I don't know. I I could be totally wrong on that. I mean, Valley View does cover Farmersville and Germantown, so that might be why. How about Division 6, Region 24? For my hometown, Twin Valley South Panthers, this will be just the second time ever in school history they they will make the playoffs. And we'll start off with that, actually, because I can. It's my podcast, after all. Twin Valley South. Oh, I know who they're playing. I just need to find them. Aren't they in Division 6 or did they get bumped out in Division 7? Because they're not in this one. Joy, I made myself a fool. I'm sorry. But we'll stick with a Preble County team. That'll be National Trail on the Blazers, the 16th seed. They'll host Triad as the 17th seed. And the winner of that game gets the Coldwater Cavaliers. 5-0, number one seed. Yeah, Coldwater's good. Love reading that story. I shared on social media a while back how Coldwater was the Yellow Jackets start off with, and then they became the Cavaliers. Just interesting to me. Also like the town name Coldwater as well. Fort Recovery and Fairbanks get first round buys, and the 8-9 will battle after week 7 at Fort Recovery. West Jefferson has a buy as the number four seed, and awaiting the Rough Riders will either be number thirteen Anna or number twenty Miami East. Covington's got a buy as the five seed. Arcanum or Dixie will be their opponent. Mechanicsburg has a buy as the number two seed, and they'll either get Deer Park or Northeastern. And another first round buy, as Greenview will visit Paint Valley out of Bainbridge. Battle of 7 and 10. Winner of that gets the winner of McCannisburg slash Deer Park Northeastern. Another first round bye. It's Frankfurt Adena, the three seed. Awaiting them will be Parkway or St. Bernard Elmwood Place. And that'll be taking place in Cincinnati. Uh, Technically, St. Bernard. It's its own uh, corporation, incorporation. So, Parkway will be at St. Bernard. Minster, the 11th seed, will take on Delphos Jefferson, the 22nd seed. And then they'll move on to take on number 6, Allen East. And now we cover Division 7, Region 28. Load that beautiful bracket. And look down. Yeah, Twin Valley South got bumped down to Division 7. I did not remember that. So... My hometown Twin Valley South Panthers are in the playoffs for the second time ever, and they'll take on another team that's in the playoffs for the second time ever in Cincinnati College Prep. Cincinnati College Prep's got the 13th seed. Twin Valley South has the 20th seed. And this will be at the Cincinnati College Preparatory Academy. Winner of the Lions and Panthers gets number four, Tri-Village. Sticking with the bottom of the bracket, uh, Riverside, Graff Riverside's got the five seed, and they'll take on either Lachlan or Manchester. Battle of twelve and twenty-one, Lachlan hosting. Troy Christian will host. Ridgemont out of Mountain Victory. The Battle of fifteen and eighteen, winner takes on number two, Fort Loramie. Who did get the number one seed? Marion Local. I was gonna say, why is Fort Loramie the number two seed? And it's like, oh yeah, Marion Local. So Fort Loramie's got the first round by. They'll take on either Troy Christian or Ridgemont. Ansonia and Troy County North get first-round buys, and and Ansonia will host the Panthers of TCM. New Bremen's got a as the number 3 seed. And awaiting for the Cardinals will either be Lehman Catholic or Southeastern out of South Charleston. St. Henry and Grove City Christian also get first-round buys, as the Redskins will host GCC in the second week of the playoffs. Moving back up the bracket, because I did skip a little bit, Actually, a little bit. Just one first-round part of this bracket. It'll be Cedarville hosting Mississinawa Valley. The Indians will host the Blackhawks. The winner of that game, they'll get Marion Local. And I mentioned how successful Coldwater's been. Yeah, I don't need to tell you that Marion Local has just been as successful as the Cavaliers. I tell you, summon up north in, in the Upper Valley, it's just... How football and small schools are just so dominant. It's it's a lot of fun to watch. And there is one more matchup I missed. It will be number eight New Miami hosting number nine Fayetteville Perry. And the winner of that game gets either Marion Local or the winner of Cedarville, Mississippina Valley. So I believe that's covering all the local schools. And that I'll take a quick peek, but. Yeah, you might not be happy of the fact that all schools get in for the first time ever in Ohio since the computer point system was initiated back in, what was it, 1972. But for me, I kind of like it. I mean, yeah, you could say you don't have anything to play for anymore. I mean, you might have a solid point. But at the same time, I mean, it's kind of a reward saying, hey, we have football, let's celebrate it. So, I don't know. Next year is when the playoffs are supposed to expand. Of course, it's supposed to be this year. So now it's every 12 schools in each region of the divisions get into the playoffs, which I like that. I mean, a little more playoffs and a little more fun. So, yeah, that's the playoffs. Again, ohsaa.org or find your sports media personnel. Personnel, personality you really like. So, looking at the article from Cincinnati, this is from Scott Springer. There's also a video attached to it. I'm trying to find that point where it said Hughes will be the will be in the playoffs for the first time ever, and just talking about the matchups that uh, I covered earlier on, making sure. Could be Ross and New Richmond if both teams prevail. So that would be a pretty fun pretty fun matchup. Although there's a picture of New Richmond's uh, football jerseys, the black ones, and it's black numbers, red trim, black jerseys. Again, why does it need to take until 2023 for that rule to take into effect where you can't do that on jerseys? I don't know. I mean, as a broadcaster, I do have to, you know, Kind of see who's playing. So so in case you are wondering if Wyoming and Indian Hill will play in the playoffs. Well, you're going to have to wait a while and you're going to have to hope that all your chickens hatch or whatever that saying is. It won't be until Halloween night. If Indian Hill and Wyoming would play. I am really interested in seeing it. Lately, Wyoming's offense has been kicking up a notch. Bam. But Indian Hill, I mean, they've been rolling throughout this whole season. So that'll be a fun one to see how the Cowboys' defense works against Indian Hill's offense. There's not really any more storylines that I see that I haven't covered. So that's your high school playoffs, and that won't be until next week. I have the call of Princeton at Fairfield later tonight so definitely join me for that it is the same price as a ticket into the game and you can even save a dollar with the code at the purchase screen so hopefully you will consider watching that game so now let's talk about the reds and the Bengals to close up episode 183 it's been uh it's been a different episode I do feel slightly better on talking about it. Like I said, it's just, it's a little frustrating. You do this podcast and you try to be professional and it's just, you know, it's just, but that's certainly not meant to badmouth anyone. I'm just saying, where's the local sports in our local sports stations. So, the Reds got into the playoffs for the first time since 2013, thanks to that series win in Minnesota. But the Reds' offense must have stayed put in Minneapolis as the Reds were shut out twice by the Atlanta Braves. First game, I mean, there's not a lot you can fault. I mean, Trevor Bauer went 7-2 to shut out baseball. The loss was pinned on Archie Bradley his first, and Minter picked up the win for the Braves. Reds got 11 hits on the day and seemed like they were taking care of Matt's freed quite well. But, hey, when you don't score runs, you can't win games. So one nothing Braves in 13 innings, and then yesterday afternoon, the Braves finished the job by taking down the Reds 5 nothing. Most of those runs happened against the Reds' bullpen, but Luis Castillo does suffer the loss And that knocks the Reds out of the playoffs. You know, I feel like I should be more disappointed in how that turned out. And I I am slightly disappointed how this season turned out. Because I thought, you know, the Reds aren't going to sneak on in. They're going to actually kick butt. But, you know, the Reds team that we saw towards the stretch getting to the playoffs. I think that's the team we all counted on. But... For what reason why that didn't happen, you know?
1: It is what it is,
0: I guess. By the way, Ian Anderson, who held the Reds scoreless, he picked up the playoff win. He went six innings, only gave up the two hits, walked two, struck out nine. Castillo struck out seven, walked one, gave up an earned run on six hits. Most of the runs were against... All the runs were against... Rysel Iglesias, who went a third of an inning, gave up three earned runs, four total, two hits. Walked two, struck out one. Oof. So now it's off-season time in Cincinnati. What do you do? Well, from what I've seen on Twitter, there's a lot of people that don't want Alan Zinter to be the hitting coach, and they shared stats. What was it? The Reds hit 212 this year. And with the offense that... The Reds signed in the offseason, Castellanos, Boos, uh, uh, Shogo Akiyama. I mean, yeah, uh, I don't know why two twelve happened, you know? It was a shame to see that the hitting wasn't kicking. I mean, pitching staff, Derek Johnson, again, great coach, and definitely want to keep him aboard because I think – you know, starters have been dynamite. Bullpen got better as the year went on. But, uh, yeah. I will tell you that the Reds weren't the only team in the NL Central to be swept. Milwaukee had the tough battle against the Los Angeles Dodgers. And LA won both those games. St. Louis currently tied with San Diego 1-1. So they forced game three. And Chicago hosting Miami... Marlins have the first game. Supposed to play yesterday, but uh, they called it off because of uh, weather coming in, which uh, yeah, I'm hoping we have good weather for tonight's football game. But we'll see. It's nice to see uh, Adam Duvall hit that home run. I mean, yeah, it was against the Reds, but I always liked Adam Duvall. So it's nice to see him have a little bit of success with the Reds. I mean, Braves. Sorry. And just two hits. E. Eugenio Suarez had one of them, and Freddy Galvis had the other one. Someone also asked on Twitter what the biggest hole is in the Reds between shortstop and catcher. I think I voted shortstop, but I can also see catcher too. Although I think we have the catcher of the future in Tyler Stevenson, and I think next year will be his year to break out in Cincinnati for real. But we'll see. I mean, we still have Kirk Casale and Tucker Barnhart and... I don't know. This offseason is going to be interesting. I say improve the bullpen has to be uh, has to be the first priority. You can make an argument, maybe even upgrade the offense a little more, but I still don't know why we let Jose Iglesias walk. He was a great batter last year, but what can you do? So yeah, that ends the season for the Reds. And they become the first team ever in MLB history to not score a run in playoff history. Crazy thinking then. I know it is, but uh, now it's time to talk about the Bengals and then we'll sign off for the week. Another tie. You kidding me? You know, I I was feeling optimistic. I was helping my fiance run Meowza in the Dayton mall. I help volunteer when she needs me to. And, uh, By the way, if you're looking to adopt a cat, go there, you know, and say that, you know, Lee sent you because that totally matters. But, yeah, I was uh, following along on updates and it looked like Cincinnati was going to pick up the first win. And, nope, Philadelphia tied it up late in the fourth. And then overtime happened. You know, I was following along with the stats and, uh, (laughs) how philadelphia didn't win an ot is a miracle in my book and yeah i know who wants to tie in football answer uh, the people that you know play you know football in europe i mean they don't want tie either but you know what i mean it's more acceptable for a tie whereas you know people watching american football is like why is there ties i want to cover something in the stats it's about Joe Burrow. What was I concerned about? Oh yeah, him getting shredded by the offensive line who is no more tougher than a sieve. (sighs) Yeah, offensive line. It needs fixed. It needs it now. Let me tell you about the stats, if I can find it. Joe Burrow, 31 of 44, 312 yards and two touchdowns. No picks. Quarterback ranking of 105.5, which is pretty good. Let me tell you about the rushing game though. Mixon. It's just Mixon. Mixon that game? 49 yards, 17 rushes. You know, if the running game and the offensive line isn't going to help Burrow, I'm worried for him. Because last night and Thursday night football. Well, Actually, there was no local teams that play, but Sam Darnold of the New York Jets got hit. I just saw that hit several times on Twitter, and I, I worry that Burrow's going to suffer a hit like that, and then bam, there's his career down the tubes. Or at least, you know, part of the season. I do worry about that. The offensive line is just. Oh. And I need to see if I can find the stat for sacks, because I think. I think I remember this. If I'm wrong, I'll correct myself next week. But eight sacks, eighteen hits—that's unacceptable. You got to protect Burrow. He's going to be the future of this team. How can you? How can he have a future if the offensive line is just like a turnstile? I, I I don't I don't understand. Why there wasn't more emphasis on strengthening that offensive line. I don't get it. I honestly don't get that. And it makes me mad every time I see Burrow take a sack like that. There are a couple where he's roaming out of the pocket, and you know, maybe you shouldn't do that or throw it away. But I'm just talking about the offensive line. I think that's the biggest, you know, downfall of the Bengals. I mean, Like I mentioned, I wasn't expecting Super Bowl year this year for Cincinnati, but I wasn't expecting 0-2-1 either. It's that offensive line. And you can make an argument about the defense too. I mean, Cleveland last week, I mean, just shred. Well, two weeks ago now, sorry. Just shredded with a running game. But I, I just think, you know, we have a great quarterback and we have a great running back and we have a pretty good air game. It's just, you know, I I hope for next year's draft, we focus on the offensive line. I want to see it, you know, just bully the defense. I want to see an offensive line that can protect Burrow, that can get the running game going. I want to see that because again, yeah, I know Philadelphia's got a pretty good defense, but 47 yards total. A running game's just uh, unacceptable. Let's see, can't I see sacks on here? I don't think I can, but yeah. It's just that offensive line, and just makes me angry to th- think that, you know, Burrow has already broken the record for yards by a rookie. So, what's it going to take to protect him? You know? So, that's just me. I mean, yeah, Ty, we didn't lose. Woo! No own 16 team. But, at the same time, you know, we had that game in the bag and we. Blew it late, I know the Eagles fans on the other side. From what I saw on Twitter, they're not happy about the tie either. Because you look at the head coach Doug Peterson; he's, you know, he's revered as one of the more aggressive coaches in the NFL. And you don't really go for it, no T, when you know when everything's on the line. You punt with 17 seconds left. I don't know. It's just uh, like I said. I'm happy that the Bengals came out without a loss, but at the same time, you know. So what's up next for Cincinnati and the Bengals? As the Reds are done with the season FC Cincinnati, we should talk about FC Cincinnati and the crew, shouldn't we? Yeah, we will. It'll be the one and two Jaguars coming in to Cincinnati, and this will be the first game that fans are allowed back into Paul Brown Stadium, which is nice. I mean, I, I still worry about the coronavirus and, you know, and everything like that, but, you know, as we get back towards a little bit of the normal pace of the world, you know, maybe that'll help, you know, because like I said, past few, past few months, I've been feeling really overwhelmed and, you know, getting back to calling football does help, but at the same time, it's just, you know, it's been building up and I had to rant. So, yeah. So the Bengals will be back at home. They'll take on the Jaguars. If you remember, From the first home game, it was a tough loss that the Chargers came back and won. Speaking of the Chargers, have you been following along with that storyline where Tyrod Taylor was supposed to get painkillers, but yet the doctor punctured his lung? What's that about? That's malpractice if I ever heard of it. Ugh. Ugh. I feel bad for Tyrod Taylor. Granted, I mean, they have the quarterback in the future in Justin Herbert, but still... If that takes away for a long chunk, or maybe even the rest of the season for Tyrod Taylor, I I might go after that doctor with a lawsuit or something. Just because, have you really heard of that outside the Chargers? Where someone's getting painkillers and now they have a punctured lung? You're supposed to kill the pain, not give more pain. But I digress. Let's talk about MLS and the Eastern Division standings. It is true the Columbus crew fell for the second time this year to Toronto FC, but at the same time, still top of the mountain for the Columbus crew. They have a 9-2-3 record, again, for soccer slash football. It's wins, losses, draws. Although it says ties on there, but we go with draws. It sounds fancier, I guess. So the crew have 30 points, and they're two points better than the Philadelphia Union, and Toronto FC. I mentioned for the final matches of the regular season, Columbus is on the road nine of those 11, including a trip to Cincinnati. So, yeah, I mean, Caleb Porter's got himself a fantastic crew in Central Ohio. So we'll see if the crew can hold the top mountain. The closest competitors, two points away, Philadelphia Union, Toronto FC, four points away, Orlando City, and 9 points away, New England, 10 points away, New York City, and New York Red Bulls. <laughs> it's funny that both New York teams have the same record and the same amount of points. The only thing that's really different, New York City FC's given up 6 less goals and scored 3 less, but have a better goal differential. It's funny when that happens. In case you're wondering about FC Cincinnati, well, they're in 12th place and 2 points away from the playoff spot against Chicago Fire. What's nice about FC Cincinnati's schedule is they have five home games in a row to close out the regular season Nippert Stadium era. What isn't so nice, a lot of those games include the top teams. Columbus, a row game at Philadelphia. I think Toronto FC's in the mix. So, yeah, I mean, like I said about FC Cincinnati... When they shut teams out, they look impressive, but when it rains goals, it pours. There's no in-between on that. The closest in-between of that is the 2-1 loss to New York City FC. But the majority of the losses that FC Cincinnati suffered, seven of those, uh, a lot of them have gone multi-goal against the Cincinnati team. To close off episode 183, there is some good news about the winter season. As the Capital Hockey Conference has released the 2020-2021 schedule. Go to CapitalHockeyConference.com. 17 varsity teams very excited to see hockey return. And, yeah. I mean, now I should mention for the schedule that the CHC only lists conference games, so there might be more games on there. Visit your school's website and look at the schedule. They have that up. But yeah, it's just nice to see. The first game for the local teams will be November 21st, as Moeller will host Upper Arlington at Northland. Which is weird, it says Northlands. Everyone says Northlands, but it's Northland. That's what the arena says. That's what everything should say. And then the next day, Moeller will host St. Francis de Sales. For St. X, their first game is scheduled to be December 4th, and it's listed at Sports Plus in the Canada rink, as the Bombers will host the Molo Crusaders, which normally this is a result that's at the Heritage Bank Center. I'm not sure if that's happening this year or not. And for Springboro, you have to do a little bit of digging, as the Panthers' first conference game won't be until December 11th, And they'll be at the Dublin Chiller to take on Dublin Jerome. So definitely really looking forward to seeing hockey return. And it sounds like we will have a hockey season. So that'll do it. That's episode 183. Thank you for listening. And please do reach out to the folks that run the local sports stations in town. Let them know you want Lee W. Malin on the radio waves and you want local sports back. And if you don't do that, at least tell people about this podcast. So that would do it. We'll talk to you again for episode 184 on this is Dayton Sports Podcast. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast with Lee W. Mowen. Be sure and bookmark SindayPod.com, the official website of the local Sunday Sports Podcast. From there, you can find your favorite way of listening to future episodes on platforms such as Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, TuneIn, Pandora, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, and more.